ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد Today then we're on the section where the author says وَقُلْ يَنْزِلُ الْجَبَّارُ فِي كُلِّ لَيْلَةٍ بِلَا كَيْفَ جَلَّ الْوَاحِدُ الْمُتَمَدَّحُ In this section the author he mentions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends every night without us knowing how but he descends in every night and the explanation is now going to show us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends to the lowest heaven every night when the last third of the night remains. So as Shaykh al-Fawzan he says, وَقُلْ يَعْنِ قُلْ أَيُّهَا السُنِّ قُلْ وَلَا تَتَرَدَّدْ That say and have no doubt Say regarding Allah descending in the last third of the night and have no doubt about that. Fi kulli laylatin in every night. If we can just remind perhaps the sisters to uh, ask the children to sit down because otherwise it's going to disturb all of the people in attendance. If the sisters can make sure that the children are sitting down and that they are not making noise. So it mentions في كل ليلة لأن الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم قال ذلك وهو أعلم بربه سبحانه وتعالى وما يليق به فقل ما قاله الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم وَأَثْبِتِ النُّزُولَ لِلَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلْ وَالنُّزُولُ مِنْ صِفَاتِ الْأَفْعَالِ الَّتِي يَفْعَلُهَا اللَّهُ جَلَّ وَعَلَى بِمَشِئَتِهِ وَإِرَادَتِهِ مَتَى شَاءَ So say that Allah descends in the last third of the night, every night, just like Allah told us, and the Prophet ﷺ told us, so affirm this fact. And this is something which has been reported in multiple hadith, not just one hadith or two hadith, many, many narrations. It is mutawatir. عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم رواها جماعات من الصحابة وهو في الصحاح So this issue of Allah descending it is reported in multiple narrations from the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم Many of the companions Many, many of the companions narrated this hadith about Allah Descending in the last third of the night, every night. And Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah has a specific book 
on this topic. Sheikh al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah has a specific book on this topic regarding the explanation of the hadith about Allah descending. Sharh hadith in nuzul So this is something that we must affirm. We affirm that Allah is above His creation, above everything. But we affirm that Allah descends to the lowest heaven every night when the last third of the night remains. وَهَذَا النُّزُولِ مِثْلُ سَائِرِ صِفَاتِهِ جَلَّ وَعَلَى And Allah descending is just like all of the other narrations or all of the other attributes. Allah descending is just like all of the other attributes. لَيْسَ مِثْلَ نُزُولِ الْمَخْلُوقِ Meaning that the way Allah descends is not something you can imagine. It is not how we descend. Allah descends as is befitting of His Majesty. Allah descends as is befitting of His Majesty. So it is not comparable to anything in creation. And we do not know how Allah descends. But we affirm it. We affirm and we accept that Allah indeed descends every night to the lowest heaven in the last third of the night. So this is something which is clearly narrated by many companions. And so the people of innovation have very little room to maneuver. They do not really have any way to get out of accepting this. But still, the people of innovation do not want to accept that Allah descends in the last third of the night every night. So they make up different explanations from themselves. They make up different explanations from themselves regarding Allah descending every night. So some of them say it is not Allah who descends, it is the command of Allah that descends. فَقَالُوا يَنزِلُ يَعْنِي يَنزِلُ أَمْرُهُ That is the order and the command of Allah that descends, not Allah. This is one of the misinterpretations that they made, one of their deviated explanations and interpretations that they gave, that Allah doesn't descend, but the command of Allah descends. But if it was the command of Allah that descends, then that wouldn't make sense because of the other narrations about this topic. One of them is a hadith where the Prophet ﷺ told us that Allah said when he descends in the last third of the night, Allah says, 
من يستغفرني فأغفر له من يسألني فأعطيه هل من تائب فأتوب عليه هل من مستغفر فأغفر له هل من سائل فأعطيه that in the last third of the night when Allah descends he says who is seeking my forgiveness and I will forgive them who is asking me and I will give them who is seeking for their repentance to be accepted for them to repent I will give them that and I will accept their repentance so who is seeking forgiveness I will forgive them who is asking me of anything I will give it to them can it be possible that the command of Allah is asking those questions to people can it be that the command of Allah is asking these questions and saying who is asking me we are not asking the command of Allah rather this proves it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who descends and says this and then he is the one who is going to forgive not the command of Allah he is the one who is going to forgive and answer the dua of the ones calling upon him not the command of Allah so when they try to give these misinterpretations and false explanations they don't work and you can see in the hadith how their explanations wouldn't work it cannot be that the command of Allah is saying who wants my forgiveness I'll forgive you that can only be Allah it cannot be the command of Allah saying who is making dua asking me I'll give it to them that is only Allah so that is one proof also some of the people of innovation they gave another explanation a misguided explanation an incorrect explanation when they said yanzilu rabbuna ya'ni yanzilu malakun min al-malaika they said another explanation that they gave because they didn't want to accept that Allah descends they said it is one of the angels of Allah that descends it is one of the angels of Allah that descends but again the same problem arises can the angels be saying to us who is seeking my forgiveness I'll give it to them are the angels the ones that give the forgiveness to people no can the angels be the ones saying who is asking us and will give their dua to them not the angels they don't do that they don't give the dua to the people what they are asking for this must be again Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so these explanations of theirs that it's the command of Allah that comes down or it is the angels that come down then that cannot possibly be correct because angels or the command of Allah they cannot say who is seeking my forgiveness and will give it to them only Allah accepts and gives the forgiveness to a person accepts the tawbah of a person so those explanations of theirs are incorrect and the correct explanation is the explanation of Ahlul Sunnah 
that it is indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Some of them even said, this is like a third explanation some of them had. They said it is the mercy of Allah that descends. But again we say to them the same thing. And on top of that we can say to them, does the mercy of Allah only come down in the last third of the night? There is no mercy of Allah the rest of the day? That cannot be correct. If we say it is the mercy of Allah that descends in the last third of the night, as some of them say, then you tell them, what do you mean? Does the mercy of Allah only come down in the last third of the night? Is there no mercy of Allah upon us the rest of the time? Clearly that cannot be the case. So all of their false explanations are incorrect. Another thing that they said was, the people of innovation who don't want to accept that Allah descends, they said, نَظَرًا لِدَوْرَانِ الشَّمْسِ حَوْلَ الْأَرْضِ قَالُوا أَيْضًا كَيْفَ يَنْزِلُ وَاللَّيْلُ يَخْتَلِفُ بِاخْتِلَافِ الْأَقْطَارِ فَالشَّمْسُ تَدُورُ حَوْلَ الْأَرْضِ وَيَكُونُ نِصْفُ الْأَرْضِ فِي نَهَارِ وَنِصْفُهَا الْآخَرِ فِي لَيْلِ فَيَكُونُ عِنْدَنَا نَهَارُ وَعِنْدَ الْآخِرِينَ لَيْلِ وَالْعَكْسِ Another explanation they tried to give because they didn't want to accept that Allah descends they said, it can't be that Allah descends in the last third of the night. Because right now in this country, the last third of the night will be at 3 a.m., 4 a.m., the last third of the night, 5 a.m., going into the last third of the night before Fajr. But at 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m. in the UK, what time will it be in Australia? Daytime maybe, 10 hours difference, 11 hours, 12 hours on the other side of America, 10, 9, 8, 10, 11 hours difference. Will it be the last third of the night over there? No. When it's the middle of the day here, it will be the last third of the night over there in some other part of the world. Basically, somewhere on the world, Somewhere in the world at all times will be the last third of the night. Somewhere in the world at all times will be the last third of the night. And it changes from the UK to the USA to Australia, all different parts of the world, different times when the last third of the night occurs because of the way that the sun it goes around the earth. And that is the correct understanding, even though many of them, they believe that the sun stays still and then all the planets and the earth go around the sun. The correct understanding is actually that the sun moves around the earth, even though in science and in the books they teach you the opposite. Because in the Quran, it tells us that the sun moves in the Quran, it tells us that the sun moves. So that's why many of the scholars, they have said, the sun moves around. And we know about the day of judgment when the sun, or before the day of judgment, when the sun will ask for permission to rise. And it will 
not be given permission and then in the end the sun ends up rising from the west instead of the east one day the sun will rise up from the west instead of the east and when people see that because everybody in the world knows the sun rises from the east but when that occurs on that day and it rises from the west then everybody will know the truth everybody will then want to say we believe in Allah now so that will be too late then so here they say the last third of the night changes in different parts of the world so how can it be that Allah is descending in the last third of the night when the last third of the night happens at different times in different countries we say to them this argument of theirs is not something that we enter into. Allah is the one who created the heavens and the earth, who created the earth and the sun and the night and the day. Allah created all of that. And Allah is the one who told us that He descends in the last third of the night. How does Allah do that? We don't know. The last third of the night is different in different places. But we know wherever you are in the last third of the night, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends to the lowest heaven. That's why it's one of the best times to make dua. To pray and to do worship and to make dua in the last third of the night, the last few hours before Fajr. So we don't get into all of this type of philosophy. The, the last third of the night is different in different places of the world and the time zones and all these things. We know that Allah descends in the last third of the night wherever you are in the world. When the last third of the night occurs, we know Allah descends and it's a virtuous time for you to make dua and to do worship. Another thing that they said, how many things have they said so far to try and reject this? They said it's not Allah who descends, it's the command of Allah. Some of them said no, it's the angels of Allah. Some of them said it's the mercy of Allah. Some of them started talking about the time zones and the different last third of the night in different places. And some of them, a fifth thing that they said, They say that Allah is above the throne. So if we believe and we affirm and accept that Allah descends to the lowest heaven has Allah left the throne and come down and does Allah move like that that's what they start saying has Allah left the throne and come down then is the throne empty they start saying this type of thing and there are some discussions like this that the scholars have spoken about and they've explained but that's one of the things they start to say that Allah moves from one place to another. He leaves the throne and he comes down. Is that what Allah does? 
we say to them again, this is not something we need to get into. It is not something we get into because when it comes to the names and attributes of Allah, we don't ask how Allah does what He does. We don't ask how Allah does what He does because we don't have all of that information. Allah has only given us a little bit of knowledge about things. We don't have all of that knowledge. How Allah does this and how Allah does that. So we don't get into that type of discussion about how Allah descends and does it mean that the throne is empty and does it mean this and does it mean that. There is some discussion in some of the books of the scholars, but overall the scholars have mentioned we don't need to get into that. نقول هذا بحث عن الكيفية ونحن نقول ينزل كما يشاء لا نعلم الكيفية الله ينزل كيف يشاء وهو على كل شيء قدير وهو الذي خلق السماوات والأرض فلا نخوض في هذا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who created the heavens and the earth He is the one who informed us He is above all of His creation but He is also the one who informed us that He descends in the last third of the night so we believe in all of that and we accept it without trying to work out how does Allah do this and how does Allah do that because Allah hasn't told us how he does this and how he does that but he's told us what he does and so we believe and we accept whatever Allah tells us even if we don't have all of the details of how Allah does this or that so the people of innovation they couldn't stop themselves they had to try and work out how and that's when they started using all of their philosophy and their wrong explanations to try and work out in their limited minds, in their little bit of knowledge, trying to work out how this and how that. And when they started to try and work all of that out, they confused themselves and then ended up becoming misguided. فَنَحْنُ نُثْبِتُ النُّزُولَ كَمَا جَاءَ كُلَّ لَيْلَةٍ حِينَ يَبْقَى ثُلُثُ اللَّيْلِ الْآخِرِ نُثْبِتُهُ وَنُؤْمِنُ بِهِ So we affirm that Allah descends in the last third of the night. We acknowledge that and we believe in it. وَلَا نَلْتَفِتُ إِلَى وَسَاوِسِ هَؤُلَا إِلَّذِينَ يَسْتَدْرِكُونَ عَلَى اللَّهِ And we don't pay any attention to these types of whisperings, these types of uh, uh, philosophical arguments that they try and use. كَأَنَّهُمْ يَقُولُونَ It's like they want to try and say, it's like they want to say that descending is not suitable for you, O Allah. But Allah is the one who told us. He descends. How can they try and say or try and believe that it's not suitable for you to be descending? This is the misguidance that they have gone to. فَهُمْ يَسْتَدْرِكُونَ عَلَى اللَّهِ جَلَّ وَعَلَىٰ وَيَسْتَدْرِكُونَ عَلَىٰ الرَّسُولِ صلى الله عليه وسلم كأنهم أعلم من الله وأعلم من الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم بالله عز وجل. So it's as though they think that they are more knowledgeable. It's as though they think they are more knowledgeable than Allah Himself, and they are more knowledgeable than the Messenger about Allah. It's as though they think that 
Because Allah and His Messenger have told us Allah descends, but they are sitting there saying, no, we don't think that works and we don't think it's suitable to Allah, as though they know better than what Allah and His Messenger have told us and what they've said. هذا في إسوء أدب مع الله جل وعلا الله يثبت النزول وهم ينفونه This has a very bad etiquette towards Allah سبحانه وتعالى It is a very bad etiquette towards Allah Very bad manners Because Allah tells us He descends and they say No Allah does not descend And it is not suitable for Him to descend ويقولون يلزم عليه كذا وكذا من اللوازم الباطلة عندهم And that's because they try to use their brains too much And they say if Allah descends then that means this and that means that And they start making up all types of things that they believe must happen if Allah descends But not necessarily because we've said we do not know about the how Allah descends uh, and then, when it mentions وَقَوْلُ النَّاظِمُ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى يَنْزِلُ الْجَبَّارُ فِي كُلِّ لَيْلَةٍ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He descends every night كما جاء في الحديث من غير كيف يعني لا نذري عن كيفية النزول لأن هذا لا يعلمه إلا الله فلا يلزم منه هذه اللوازم التي أوردها المعطلة والممثلة والمشبهة لأننا لا نبحث عن الكيفية والله على كل شيء قدير والخلق لا يحيطون به علما فلا يعلم كيفية ذاته ولا كيفية أسمائه وصفاته إلا هو سبحانه وتعالى So that is highlighting how we do not know the how of what Allah does that is knowledge that Allah knows, but we do not know. وَكَذَلِكَ And there is actually another time when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends. One time is what we've been talking about now, the last third of the night. Another time when Allah descends. وَكَذَلِكَ يَنْزِلُ الْجَبَّارُ عَشِيَّةَ عَرَفَةَ on the evening of Arafah, the day of Arafah, when Hajj is being done, the day before the big Eid, as people call it, the day of Arafah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also descends on that day. وَيَقُولْ أُنْظُرُوا إِلَىٰ عِبَادِي أَتَوْنِي شُعْثًا مِنْ كُلِّ فَجْنْ أُشْهِدُكُمْ أَنِّي قَدْ غَفَرْتُ لَهُمْ when Allah descends on that day and He says, Look at my servants, they have come disheveled, meaning dust and everything on them coming to Hajj from long distances. They have come from every area, from the valleys, mountains, different places. And I testify to you that indeed I have forgiven them. So this is something which occurs on the day of Arafah. فَهَذَا أَيْضًا نَوْعٌ آخَرُ مِنَ النُّزُولِ يَنزِلُ رَبُّنَ عَشِيَّةَ عَرَفَ إِلَى السَّمَاءِ الدُّنْيَا So this is another type of the descending of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah descends on the evening of Arafah and He testifies that He has forgiven the servants.
Then the poet says, when talking about the descent of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَقُلْ يَنْزِلُ الْجَبَّارُ فِي كُلِّ لَيْلَةٍ بِلَا كَيْفَ جَلَّ الْوَاحِدُ الْمُتَمَدَّحُ إِلَى طَبَقِ الدُّنْيَا يَمُنُّ بِفَضْلِهِ فَتُفْرَجُ أَبْوَابُ السَّمَاءِ وَتُفْتَحُ يَقُولُ أَلَا مُسْتَغْفِرٍ يَلْقَ غَافِرًا وَمُسْتَمْنِحٌ خَيْرًا وَرِزْقًا فَيُمْنَحُ In this section now, the author talks about the virtue and the the blessing that Allah gives to his servants in the last third of the night. So we know that Allah descends ila tabaqi dunya. Yani yanzilu ila tabaqi adna min samawat. That Allah descends to the lowest heaven. We know that there are many heavens, multiple heavens, and Allah descends to the lowest of the heavens to the earth. Uh, and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses from his virtue the people and bestows upon them that Allah gives what his servants desire and that's when in the hadith it mentions يَقُولُ سُبْحَانَ هَلْ مِنْ سَائِلٍ Allah says when he descends, is there anybody asking me for anything and I will give it to them? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, is there anyone seeking forgiveness and I will forgive them? Is there anybody making tawbah and I will accept it? So all of that is from the virtue of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلِهَذَا يُسْتَحَبُّ لِلْمُسْلِمِ أَنْ يَقُومَ آخِرَ اللَّيْلِ حِينَ يَبْقَى ثُلُثُ اللَّيْلِ الْآخِرِ That's why it is recommended for a Muslim to get up before Fajr in the last third of the night. وَأَنْ يَكُونَ مُسْتَيْقَضًا يُصَلِّي وَيَدْعُ اللَّهَ وَيَسْتَغْفِرُ And that a Muslim should be awake at that time seeking forgiveness and making dua to Allah. فَإِنَّهُ وَقْتُ قَبُولِ الدُّعَاءِ Because it is a time when the dua is answered. وَلَا يَنَامُ فِي هَذَا الْوَقْتِ وَيَحْرِمُ نَفْسَهِ And you should not sleep at that time and deprive yourself. كَمَا يَفْعَلُ كَثِيرٌ مِنَ الْمِحْرُومِينَ الَّذِينَ يَسْهَرُونَ الْلَّيْلِ فَإِذَا صَارَ آخِرُ الْلَّيْلِ نَامُ حَتَّى عَنْ صَلَاةِ الْفَجْرِ الْفَرِيضَةِ هذا حرمان العياذ بالله The Shaykh says many people they stay up all night and then they go to sleep just before Fajr and they don't even get up when the Fajr time starts they will stay up all night playing around wasting time and then when it gets to the last third of the night, that's when they actually end up falling asleep and they don't even wake up for Fajr maybe. So this is a deprivation. They are depriving themselves of all of that good. And so 
it is suitable that the Muslim should sleep early, meaning after Isha, and so you can get yourself into the routine in Namashayu Bilatiyat. You only get used to something if you practice that and get into the routine of doing it regularly. لِأَجْلِ أَنْ يَقُومَ آخِرَ اللَّيْلِ فَإِذَا عَوَّدَ نَفْسَهُ هَذَا تَعَوَّدَتْ فَإِذَا عَوَّدَ نَفْسَهُ هَذَا تَعَوَّدَتْ أَمَّا إِذَا عَوَّدَهَا الْكَسَلْ وَالنَّوْمِ فَإِنَّهُ يَثْقُلُ عَلَيْهَا حَتَّى الْقِيَامَ لِصَلَاةِ الْفَجْرِ But if you accustom yourself, you get into the habit of being lazy and sleeping late and not getting up for fajr even, then that laziness will overcome you. فَيَنْبَغِي لِلْمُسْلِمِ أَنْ لَا تَفُوتَهُ هَذِي الْفَرِيضَةِ So a Muslim has to be careful that you don't miss this obligation, the obligation of the Fajr prayer. وَقَوْلُ النَّاظِمِ فَتُفْرَجُ أَبْوَابُ السَّمَاءِ وَتُفْتَحُ يعني تُفْتَحُ أَبْوَابُ الْإِجَابَةِ فَيَنْبَغِي لِلْمُسْلِمِ أَنْ يَسْحُوَ فِي هَذِهِ السَّاعَةِ وَيَسْتَغْفِرَ وَيَتُوبَ وَيَسْأَلْ فَإِنَّ أَبْوَابَ الْإِجَابَةِ مَفْتُوحَةٌ لَهُ فَيَا فُرْصَ عَظِيمًا Here when the author says the doors of the heavens are opened, the meaning of that is the doors to your dua being accepted are opened. The doors to your dua being accepted are opened. So it is an opportunity and a chance to make dua. وَقَوْلُ النَّاظِمِ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهِ يَقُولُ أَلَا مُسْتَغْفِرٌ يَلْقَ غَافِرًا That is the nobody seeking forgiveness who will meet the one who forgives them. And قَوْلُ النَّاظِمِ وَمُسْتَمْنِحٌ خَيْرًا يَعْنِي مَنْ يَطْلُبُ الْمَنْحِ وَهُوَ الْعَطَاءِ مَنْ يَسْأَلُ اللَّهَ عَزَّ وَجَلْ مِمَّا يَشَاءُ مِنَ الْخَيْرِ وَالرِّزْقِ وَأَيِّ حَاجَ مِنْ حَوَائِجِهِ وَحَوَائِجُ النَّاسِ تَخْتَلِفْ فَيَسْأَلُ اللَّهَ أَيَّ حَاجَةٍ لَهُ فِيهَا خَيْرٍ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ يُعْطِيَهُ فِي هَذِي سَاعَةٍ أَكْثَرَ مِنْ غَيْرِهَا Also that Allah gives from the goodness Meaning if you make dua for what you need And everybody has different needs Everybody has different things that they want to make dua for you make dua for what you want. There's something that you want. There's a particular thing that you want, especially you really want to be able to do something or whatever it might be. As long as it's halal, then you make dua for it. And that's an opportunity at that time for your dua to be accepted. Wallahu jalla wa ala qareebun mujibun yaqbalu tawbah. وَيَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ فِي كُلِّ وَقْتِ وَلَكِنْ تُوجَدُ أَوْقَاتٌ لَهَا خَاصِيَّةٌ So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives at all times and answers the dua at all times but there are some times that are even better even more for the answering of that dua and this is one of them the last third of the night and also on the day of Friday there is a particular time period on the day of Friday where the dua is answered so a person should make plentiful dua on Fridays. Uh, and also in certain situations, in certain situations your dua 
is more likely to be answered like the situation of when you are in prostration because the Prophet said that the closest a servant is to his Lord is when you are in prostration when you are in prostration then that is the closest a servant is to his Lord so that is an opportunity to make dua another situation is when you are traveling when you're on a journey somewhere traveling then that is another situation where your dua is more likely to be answered and so a person should make dua in those circumstances in the circumstance of being a traveler also so this is the aqeedah of ahlu sunnah wal jama'ah regarding the descent of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that allah descends in the last third of the night and forgives those who are seeking forgiveness and answers the dua of those who are asking and accepts the tawbah of those who are making tawbah and as for the people of innovation then like we said they reject that Allah descends like the Jahmiyyah, the Mu'tazila, the Ash'ira these are all from the names of the groups of deviation the people who are misguided and so they reject the descent of Allah uh, so they reject that Allah descends and they do not acknowledge this but as we have said the narrations are multiple not just one but multiple narrations from multiple companions uh, who highlighted that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends in the last third of the night a person may think but if all of these Muslims, millions of them, if they were all awake in the last third of the night making dua, then Allah hears every single one of them and answers the dua of every single one of them? Absolutely. Just like it mentions in the hadith, Ya ibadi, law anna awwalakum wa akhirakum wa insakum wa jinnakum, قاموا في سعيد واحد فسألوني وعطيت كل واحد مسألته ما نقص ذلك من ملكي شيئا إلا كما ينقص المخيط إذا أدخل البحر أو إذا غمص في البحر. There's a hadith where it mentions Allah said that O oh my servants, if all of you from the first of you to the last of you, the humans and the jinn, from the very beginning to the end, every single person, from the beginning to the end, jinn and humans, if you were all stood on one plane of land, and every single one of you asked me, and I was to answer and give every single one what they asked for, it would not decrease my kingdom at all. It would not decrease my kingdom at all, except like the example of a needle, you dip it into the ocean, how much of the water from the ocean has the needle taken out? 
Nothing. So it decreases nothing from the kingdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he mentions, رَوَى ذَاكَ قَوْمٌ لَا يُرَدُّ حَدِيثُهُمْ أَلَا خَابَ قَوْمٌ كَذَّبُوهُمْ قُبِّعُوا That this was narrated by multiple companions. This narration by companions of the Prophet And as for the people of innovation like the Jahmiyyah and those upon their methodology, then may they be disgraced. Disgraced upon this false belief of theirs and the rejection that Allah descends. That brings us to the end of that particular chapter regarding Allah descending. Next time we'll start with the next chapter which is about the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Fadlu sahabati wa tafaduluhum wa mahabbatuhum about the virtues of the companions and the different levels those companions had. Any questions up to there then? So I speak up? Even the disbelievers, sometimes their dua might be answered. Like at the time of oppression, if you oppress someone, then even the oppressed disbeliever, the oppressed fasiq, his dua could be answered. Anyone else? It's possible because the point of not praying on that night is not specifying that night. If it was a random occasion, just one day for some reason you're awake and you wanted to pray, that's possible. You haven't specified or planned that night because you believe there's some virtue or something. Just randomly happens to be something's happened, you're awake and you think it's the third of the night, let me pray. So then you could. But it's the problem of specifying that night from the other nights. A random occasion like that is no problem. As long as it doesn't become some fixed routine randomly every Friday. Oh. Anybody else? The ankle to ankle is from the beginning of the prayer. When you're lining up to start the prayer, you join ankle to ankle. But sometimes in the middle of the prayer, people, they end up having a gap between themselves when you come out of the prostration, etc. Sometimes it happens that people are too far spaced away and then they end up starting to try and join them in the rukua. But you should be closer together when you start the prayer so that your feet can be connected throughout the prayer. There's a hadith about that, but is it authentic? I don't remember the uh, hadith, is it authentic? There's a hadith, but I don't remember, is it authentic or not? We'll have to double check.
There is definitely a hadith, definitely. But is it authentic or not? I don't remember. I have to check. Hmm. It hasn't really been used like that because that would mean they still have to partially affirm that Allah is above other times. They don't want to affirm Allah is above any time. So that's not really their primary evidence. But they may use it for their philosophy and other things. Flat earth? So what do we believe in? Is the earth flat or is it round? Huh? Sorry, I can't hear anything. Uh, if we can just please mention to the sisters, if the sisters can please make sure the children are not speaking. If the sisters can please make sure the children are not speaking. If they are very young children, then the advice of the scholars is that they should not attend the gatherings in fact. If they are very young children and they don't understand, and so they are talking regularly, then it's better very young children to leave them at home. Uh, older children who understand and you can tell them not to speak and to listen, that's okay. But the younger children, if they don't uh, uh, listen, they don't understand, and they carry on talking, then it's a problem for the whole class. So if you can please bear that in mind. Hmm. It's round? So it's flat? So it's flat? So if you go on a ship, then what happens? Huh? So flat? Huh? Wait, wait, is the earth flat or round? We'll, we'll do your question in one minute. You know the, about flat and round? It is mentioned by the scholars. There are some scholars. There are. Allahu alam, I think Ibn al-Qayyim, I think. Check his book. I think Ibn al-Qayyim says it's flat. Huh? No, no, Jumhur say round. Jumhur al-Ulama, they say the earth is round. The Jumhur of the scholars, they say the earth is round. But some of them, I think Ibn al-Qayyim is one of them. He says it is flat. In fact, I'm sure, 99%. Ibn al-Qayyim, he says the earth is flat in the Nuniyah. And, uh, but the majority of the scholars, they believe it is round. And there are ayat and there are evidences that could indicate this, they could indicate that. That's one of those things. Maybe, maybe this, maybe that. But does it affect really uh, about the aqidah and these things? Not necessarily. So there are ayat which may indicate it is completely flat and there are ayat indicating it is round. Of course, in the science these days, they all believe it is completely the round. Nobody believes in the flat anymore in their science these days. But there are some scholars who did mention it can be flat because of the ayat. Some of them mentioned it, but the majority say it's round. Absolutely. In the olden days, they used to believe, the scientists and everybody, the world used to believe that the earth is flat. But then, now the opinion in the scientific world, and you know, it's changed. Now they all say as their official line, as the official position in all academics and schools and everywhere in the world that the earth is round. But that doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean it is this or it is that. There are ayat indicating this and that, but the majority of the scholars say it is round.
Can you go into space or not? Also, some of the scholars, they talked about this. Sheikh Al-Athameen has a small book about uh, whether it is possible to go to the moon or not. What does the Quran and the Sunnah say about this? Some scholars, they believe that there are ayat and evidences which indicate that it is not possible for mankind to go beyond the atmosphere of the earth. That it, like I said, it's a barrier, the sky is a barrier and you cannot go beyond it. But other scholars have said it doesn't necessitate that. The ayah does not 100% necessitate that. And so you could go beyond and they could. They asked uh, a Sheikh Al-Fawzan. They said to a Sheikh Al-Fawzan, the kuffar, they say they went to the moon. A Sheikh Al-Fawzan said, good, good for them. So what? He said, so what? It doesn't make any difference to anything, to your aqidah, to nothing. If they say they went to the moon, good for them. Let them go to the moon. It's not one of these issues. You know, some people, they misunderstand these things as though, as though it is something so serious and you have to do uh, two months of lessons about this topic of the moon and can they go, can they not? And they're all fake images and CGI. And wasting your time. Wasting your time. Sheikh Fawzan, they asked him, he gave a five second answer. He said, good for them, so what? Because that's all it is, so what? Good for them. If they claim that, they claim that. I don't need to sit here, you don't need to sit here talking about this for 10 hours, no but this and but that and space station and everything and all these different issues for no reason whatsoever. So when they asked him, he said, good for them. Let them go if they can go then. Because it doesn't affect anything, it's not an issue. Some of the scholars said, no, mankind cannot go beyond the atmosphere. Others said, there's nothing specific in the Quran and the Sunnah preventing that. So maybe they did. No, no, the barrier, then that's referring to the earth, close to the earth, around the earth, not that far. Upon that opinion, you can't go beyond the atmosphere of the earth. Hmm. So there are evidences regarding that. In fact, there's the evidence about the jinn, when they climb on top of each other's backs and they reach the heavens, Mustarak uh, al So there, there are some examples of it. It's not something you have to debate for hours and hours. No, a person is living in a Christian country, there are Christians or Jews who have butcher shops next to him, Christians, not atheists who doesn't believe in God or anything, Christians, they are Christians and they are actual Jews and Christians and they have butcher shops and the nearest Muslim one is 10 miles away somewhere, then it doesn't necessitate that you have to go all the way down there, if they are actual Christians and Jews, then their meat is halal to eat. You can go to the Jewish shop and buy the meat and eat it. You can go to the Christian shop and buy the meat and eat it. That's permissible. It doesn't necessitate. You have to go out to the Muslim one thereafter. No, that detail is not necessary. It's not necessary. 
No, no, it's not, no, like I said, they have to be Christians. It can't just be like, you know, people on the streets these days, atheists, they don't believe in God or anything. That's why this country, I think the last uh, census that they did, I think it was barely 52% who said they were Christian. Like almost half the country is not Christian apparently, on the census. Those are every 10 years they do. I think they were the figure, something like that. So you can't just buy from a person who, who says he's atheist or he believes in all these other types of uh, scientific things that they believe in, some of them aliens or whatever. It has to be the Christians. If you buy from the Christian, then yes, it's permissible to eat. That's why there's a bit of a debate about this country. If, if that census is correct, from what I remember, it was 48% Islam, uh, 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 Judaism and all the other religions and 52% Christian. So then this country then only one in every two people half recognize themselves as Christian. So can you really say they're all Christian and can go to any shop here and buy meat? It's a debate amongst the people. But if they are Christian, no doubt you can buy the meat and eat it. Christian then you can eat the meat the only other issue is about uh, all this thing about stunning and, and how they do it that's another topic as well but the usul of eating the meat of the Christians and Jews is halal no doubt about that no the person here now the butcher on the street he's Christian he goes to church you don't need to ask him how did you slaughter it what did you do did you say the name of Allah he's Christian he goes to church he believes in all the Christianity you can buy his meat you don't need to ask him Alright, is that all? We'll conclude upon that for today then. Resume next week, insha'Allah ta'ala. Everybody, just one, one moment. Next week is actually off. I just forgot. I forgot I won't be here. I'm traveling next week. Next week, Thursday, there is no class. So remember that. Next week, and in fact, I think the week after too. Next two weeks, next two weeks, there are no classes. So uh, just keep uh, uh, asking the brothers and checking the Twitter account and these things. You'll know when the next class is going to be. But the next two weeks are off.